you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Faithfulness Morning by morning New mercies I see and all I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Oh, come on, sing with me. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And all I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me oh would you thank the Lord for his faithfulness once more he's a faithful God he's a faithful God you can be seated this morning thank you for your worship I'm going to get into the word of the Lord here for a few moments, I'm going to read from Ephesians, the second chapter, and I will likely not preach too long this morning, and I know you hate it when I tell you that because I always let you down, but I will be preaching three times today, and uh, my voice would likely not hold up for three long sermons so I'm going to preach this morning and then preach in Lebanon this afternoon. And then tonight I'll preach until my voice is gone and uh, then we'll go to Pizza Hut. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, 
verse number 19. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. I want you to get that now. The foundation, our foundation is built upon the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So we're not only built up on the apostles and prophets, but Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of our foundation in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit, a habitation of God through the Spirit. Let's just pray this morning. I know we prayed several times, but I want to pray that the Lord will help help me speak what I feel that He has urged me in my spirit to say to the congregation this morning. Would you just pray that the Lord would inspire us this morning? Would you do that with me right now? Father, inspire us through your word today. Lord, let your word accomplish the purpose for which you are sending it today. Let every heart, let every life, let every mind come into subjection to the will of God. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, this past week, week before last actually, this week, I think Aiden was gone out of town. Most everybody that's normally around us is out of town. Gentry and Destiny are in Texas. Spencer's preaching a revival in West Virginia. Danny and Cheryl and Aiden and Brantley are in Arkansas. People are just traveling everywhere. My mother-in-law's been down. My father-in-law's been down. Everybody's been sick. Just been things going folks out of town and traveling and things happening, some folks just laying out of church. Aiden comes running into me a couple of weeks ago, and my nephew, if you wonder who I'm speaking of, he came running up to me and he said, Uncle, I have something to show you, and he told me what it was, and I had no earthly idea what he was showing me. And he was telling me about it, and I said, I guess I'll just have to see it. And so I asked him again, and he was talking real fast because he was just in a frantic, telling me about how excited he was. And he came running up to me with this, with this thing in his hand, and I, I don't know, I asked, sent my wife to, um, to go get this for me, and uh, 
she didn't open it for me. Any parents know what this is? Grandparents know what this is? Box of Legos. I'm not sure I even know how to open it. So Aiden comes running up to me. And when he got there, he had, my goodness, somebody should have opened this for me. I, I got to preach a sermon here. You're going to have to help me. They've got, they got all sorts of pieces and everything is packaged. They spent more money in packaging. I mean, what, are the, what is the value of this thing anyway? Yes, please dump them out right there. You know the drill. So Aiden comes running up to me and he was just so very excited. Of course, you know we have to be organized because I'm involved. And so Aiden comes running up to me and he said, I built, I built this. And I said, what, what is it? And he said, Legos, Legos, it's Legos. And I said, Legos. Well, what's this thing called? And I wish he was here because I would let him tell you what it is because whatever it was, I can't pronounce it, and I doubt most of you can unless you have a Ph.D. As he began to describe to me what it was that, that he had. Thank you, Dylan, for, for helping your pops out here this morning. And so he had this thing that he had built out of Legos. And it was pretty amazing. Um... I looked at it, and I'm like, wow, that's creative. He said, yep, it's over 1,200 pieces. 1,200 pieces. That is amazing. He said, the last one my dad helped me put together it took him two days to do it. I did this in three hours all by myself. Wow. That's pretty impressive. What does it do, I asked. He said, well, look. And the center popped up. And it had a gunman and... I'm trying to figure this out. It looks half like a flying saucer, spaceship. I'm not sure what this thing is. And, but it's kind of cool looking. And he has this secret compartment and he opens it and he, it has all these different things. It flips open and he's like, now watch this. And he flips it around and it becomes something else. And I'm like, oh, whoa, that's way cool. Looks cool. But what does it do? What do you do with it? And he looked at me with the most puzzled look on his face. What do you do with it? I mean, it's Legos. Uncle, 
Are you with me? Now he's crossed the line. I said, I'm with you, Aiden, but I have no earthly idea what you do with this thing. And he said, you play with it. Does it fly? He just kind of makes a face at me. Does it roll? What do you do with it? So after a few minutes, I realized that it was a little more like I had to put it in my era. When I would ask my mom to take me to Walmart and it was model cars or model airplanes. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? That we would sit for hours and glue pieces together. And peel off stickers and put on, and I could never get the stickers right. They always would end up with a bubble. And when you're done with it, it's like, what do you have? It's a replica of a car. Good, what do you do with it? Look at it. So I got the parallel that not much has changed. Just We used to buy those cars for about $3 a box, and the Legos are, whew, I don't know how bad. Annette left before I asked her how bad she set me back this morning. But I said, stay cheap, please, stay cheap, because it's just for a little attention-getter illustration because everybody's going to be wishing they were on fall break this morning. It takes a lot of imagination to play with these. It takes a lot of creativity. Your mind has to run. You have to let your mind go and you have to imagine what this pterodactyl can do. Whatever that is. And I realized as I was talking to Aiden and I was looking at his new exciting thing that he was so proud of, I realized that a lot of people build their lives very similar to Lego construction. They just piece their life together. Takes a lot of imagination to put Legos together. Don't tell Aiden I said it, but there's no real purpose to these things. And Evidently, there's no real strength to him because his little brother who likes to torment him ran up and he grabs, he grabs it and Aiden says, no, 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 no. And about that time, he just breaks a corner off. And Aiden melts down. Three days of counseling. And we clicked it back together. And all was safe and sound 
And I said, well, Aiden, they're not, they're not very strong. And his Aunt Annette looked at him and said, Aiden, why, why don't you just super glue them together? And that way they could never come apart. He said, because I might want to build something else out of them. He had an answer. I want to tell you something this morning that your eternal salvation is more than a box of Legos. You have to build your life on something that has purpose and something that has strength and something that will last. Because if you base your eternal salvation on something with the strength and purpose of Legos, you will end up in the end destroyed. This is why it's so very important that we give the most earnest heed to the things that we have been taught from the beginning. We need to build our life on something that has purpose. In the end, it's not going to matter how, what brand clothing we wear or how nice our house is or how cool our car is or how many gadgets we have. None of those things are really going to matter. At the end of life, what is going to really matter is that we have built that life on something that is solid and a foundation that will stand the test of time and go through the struggles and the hardships. And when we come out the other side of disaster, we're still standing because we built our life on something. That is sure. Our scripture text this morning is referring to the prophets and apostles and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. It is referring to building our life on the word of God, of the, of the prophets and the apostles and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone of the scripture. I come this morning to tell you that there is nothing else worth building your life on other than building it on the word of God. The church is important. The church is more than just a sandcastle or a Lego toy. But we are dealing with people's eternal salvation, eternal destiny of individuals is on the line. The Apostle Paul said in Colossians, the second chapter, that we are to be rooted and built up in Him. I was over at someone's house the other day and they were needing to remove a tree and I was there and I was going to help them. And the issue is, is that when I started to try to help them remove a seemingly small tree, the issue is, is that the roots of that tree had gone in deep and it was no small task. When we started to move that tree, although it wasn't some big mammoth tree that's been there for years, but the roots of that thing had gone down and it was solid. It would stand. I come this morning to tell you that the, the, the uh, uh, apostle is telling the church, you need to 
put some roots down in your life. You need a foundation. You need to put something down that is sure and steadfast because it's got to stand the test of time. Can I come this morning to tell you that if you're not going through trouble, you will go through trouble if you live long enough. The writer James said this life is few days and full of trouble. You're going to have to have some some roots down. You're going to have to have a foundation down. You're going to have to have something down that will stand through the test of time. When the phone call comes, when the doctor shakes his head, when no one knows, when the bank account is empty, what do we have to turn to? You need more than a box of Lego kind of salvation. Your life needs to be built on something more than a simple box of Legos. You need to put some roots down in the things of God. You need to put your roots down in a church that is stable and steadfast. You need to anchor to the rock of our salvation and let him see you through the test of time. Interesting survey I read some time ago claimed that 80%, this was a Gallup survey, claimed that 80% of the people in America believe that they can be spiritual and believe that they can be saved without attending church or having any connection to church. It's just them and Jesus in their idea, in their mind. Obviously, they have not studied the Scripture. The Scripture tells us how can we hear without a preacher? How can he preach except he be sent? How can we be saved except we hear? The Scripture's full. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 tells us forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together in the manner as some is. This is to the New Testament church, by the way. Forsaking not. This isn't something written in some obscure passage passage off in a corner somewhere that's not for the church today. This was to the Hebrews, to the modern day church. It is saying forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together in the manner of some is and so much the more even as you see the day approaching. The Lord is telling us that we need to anchor our life and as we see the day of His coming uh, appearing, we need to be even give them more earnest heed. We need to even anchor even deeper and pay more attention to the assembling of ourselves together. The world... The world is spending their lives building their future on sandcastles. And it, it, they, they treat their eternal salvation like a simple box of Legos. We'll just snap it together and let it look good. We're just going to come at the end and, and, and put it all together and hope everything works out all right. Can I come to tell you today that when your life faces the winds and waves and storms, that it will never stand the test of time. If you have built a sandcastle kind or Lego kind of life, you're going to have to anchor your feet into something that is sure and steadfast and stable and unmovable. 
He says, I am God and I change not. Everything in the world is changing. But I'm preaching to you about a God this morning that is an unchanging God. He gave us an opportunity. And the same gospel that was preached 2,000 years ago is still relevant today. And it's still sure today. The world is rocking and reeling. Political climates changed. Economical climates changed. But the Lord Jesus Christ is sure and steadfast and stable. This church has got to be about our Father's business. We're not peddling Legos. We're not peddling Lego religion. The world spends their lives in future acting as if there is nothing real in eternity. I I spoke with someone recently And they so flippantly dealt with the idea of salvation. As if, what if it's not even all that important? And my heart sank as I heard someone who has once walked closely to the Lord that has reached a point in their life that, oh well, whatever, it's all going to come out in the end. I'm going to tell you what that kind of Lego box religion is going to do for you. It's not going to get you saved. It's not going to stand the test of time. It's not going to stand when life's troubles come. And we wonder why our lives fall apart. And we wonder why that we're spending more today on counseling than we ever have. While we have more depression and medication treating emotional disorders than we ever have. It's because we're building on something that is not stable and steadfast. We need to get our life built on the things of God. We need to get in the Word of God. Build our family around the Word of God. As for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I have a son preaching in Texas this morning, one preaching in West Virginia this morning, and another that wanted to be in Texas really bad this morning. But I twisted his arm and, and got him to stay, and here he was ministering here this morning and helping us with music. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not trying to, not trying to look at, Say, look at me and do as I do. But I have no regrets in raising my sons in the church. Telling them that the greatest thing you can possibly do is give your life to the Lord. We hunt and fish and they play sports. But that's not what life's built on. That's Legos. I enjoy it. It's fun to get out. Hope to do it soon. Enjoy the time together. But that's not what our life's built on. If I don't catch a fish this year, if I don't get to get out hunting this year, my life isn't destroyed because of it. If my investments don't do well this year, Yeah, I feel the pain of it financially, but that's not what my life's built on. Hello, somebody. My life's not built on my bank account. My life is anchored to the rock. My mind is made up. 
come what may. I may may not leave my children a lot of money. I may not leave them a great inheritance of things, but I want to leave them a heritage of the things of God. I don't have any regret. I have no regrets of being in the house of the Lord on Sunday and declaring it. I'm preaching to somebody this morning that needs to make up your mind that you have been living your life based on a box, building your life around a box of Legos. You need to get your mind made up that I'm going to make some changes in my life. I'm going to anchor to the rock of Christ Jesus. I'm going to get in the church. I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. It matters what we teach and preach and live before men. It matters. Doctrine matters. I wish I could get an amen from somebody this morning. I'm starting to get a little worried if I'm in an apostolic church this morning. It matters what we teach and preach. It matters whether we're anchored to this book. It matters. Doctrine matters. Jesus' name baptism still matters. The essentiality of the infilling of the Holy Ghost still matters. Separation from the world still matters. It matters. I'm not going to build my life on something that's, that's here today and gone tomorrow. I want to anchor to the, as, as our text said this morning, to the prophets and apostles and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. I choose to build my life on the things of God. We built this building, this church building. We didn't skimp on foundations. We buried some Bibles in the corners. It was just kind of a theme, you know. It was just kind of something we did. About five feet deep in the corners of this building, we took some Bibles. Some of you were here for that. We placed those Bibles down, poured concrete over them. Somebody's going to have to get deep if they're going to bust those, those things up. That, that was just kind of a little sign of what this building was going to be used for. We built a foundation for a building much stronger than what, than what we probably needed, but there's one thing we didn't want to skimp on, and that was the foundation. Can I come this morning and tell you that you better not skimp in your life on the foundation that you're building it on? Have all the things that you are blessed with and all the, all the wonderful vacations and places you can go, but that's just the peripheral. You better make sure that your life is anchored to something that is steadfast and sure. We must build this church upon truth, build our lives upon truth. We are a work in development. First Peter chapter 2 verse number 5 says ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. A spiritual, everybody say spiritual house. You as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood. That's you and me. We're a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Sometimes, let me talk to some faithful folks here. 
If you think God doesn't notice and see when you get up out of bed on Sunday morning, when you don't feel like it, but you offer to him a sacrifice, you get dressed and come to church when you don't feel like it. Some of you drove long distances to get here this morning, and, and I'm sure sometimes it gets difficult, particularly when the roads are not the best or when there's road construction and other things going on. You, you, let, let me just tell you this morning, God sees. He knows. He sees the sacrifices that you make. He understands it. He sees it. Don't ever think that you do one thing that God doesn't understand. We're to offer to him spiritual sacrifices. That's why when we come in and we may not feel like it, maybe we're hurting and we've got pain in our body, but yet we put forth the effort and we say a hallelujah and we clap our hands and we lift our voice and we offer up to him a sacrifice of praise. It's not because it, we, it feels good to do it. It's because our life is built on something that is steadfast and sure and we know that we're to offer to him a spiritual sacrifice. Our lives are a work in development. We're to become a spiritual house. How does something earthly become something spiritual? There must be work that is constantly done, constantly dedicated and rededicating. We're to become a temple of the Holy Ghost. The Bible teaches that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Ghost. How does something fleshly become a temple of the Holy Ghost? How does something that is born into sin become a temple of something that is spiritual? It comes by the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. That's not a natural death. That is a spiritual sacrifice. That is a spiritual death. The Apostle is saying, I die out daily, meaning what I would like to do, I, I, I absolutely make a choice not to do it because it would be a against the things of God and against the work of the Spirit. But I choose the things of the Spirit and I will do those things that may not come natural to the flesh, but I'll do it. That's why I pray when I don't feel like praying and I fast when I don't feel like fasting and I worship when I don't feel like worshiping. It goes against the things of the flesh, but it builds up the Spirit. That's how something that is of the earth and flesh can become a spirit spiritual temple and a temple of the Holy Ghost. It's more than just a one-time experience to the altar and you feel something good and you speak with other tongues, but it is a work in progress that you are being built up in your most holy faith and become a temple of the Holy Ghost. It's paramount. We have to seek after truth. Seek after the things of God. The Bible is full of words like the, the word seek, for instance, is one of the most powerful words in Scripture. Jesus tells us to seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and then all of the other things will be added. Seek. Everybody say seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God, the foundation. Seek first, pay more attention. Give the more earnest heed to the things that you have been taught. You, you've, got to, you've got to allow the word of God. You've got to choose where is your foundation. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all of the other things in life can be added. But if you try to build your life 
I hope I make a little sense this morning. Jeremiah said, if you seek him, you will find him. Matthew 7 and 7 said, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. He's telling us that if you desire those things, this is how you being earthly and fleshly and, and, and born into sin can become, can become spiritual, can become a temple of the Holy Ghost. How do you do that? It is a work in progress. You have to seek for it. You, if you seek you'll find it. If you knock, God will open it unto you. You may come in this morning and say, I don't understand everything. He never expected you to. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll start seeking, you're going to find it. If you start knocking, He's going to open it unto you. Everything that you're looking for, God's got it today. Whatever you need in your life, God's got it today. If this represents your life, I'm going to tell you this can represent your life. If you'll seek after it, you can find it you can have it in Psalm 34 David said I sought the Lord I sought the Lord and he heard me I want you to know this morning he doesn't turn a deaf ear to somebody who begins to seek after him but when you seek after him you will he will hear you and he will come to the rescue he will come A person who builds their life upon anything other than the solid foundation of this truth will find himself in the end with his life fallen apart and broken. We need more than a Lego life. We need to build on something that will last. I'm quickly approaching a close this morning. The Bible tells us about a man who built his life on sand. You can come, Dylan. Built his house upon sand. It's using the house as a metaphor. And when the rains came, the house fell, and the scripture said, and great, great was the fall of it. Can I tell you this morning that if you've been building your life on a box of Legos when your children and grandchildren needed you the most great will be the fall of it you better build your life build your life on something that will stand the test of time there's nothing wrong with hobbies there's nothing wrong with vacations there's nothing wrong with fun and activities those are all blessings those are all great but you can't build your life on it that won't stand you better start building life building life anchoring to the word of God anchoring in the things of God anchor your life in the church anchor to the kingdom of God and let that be the center focal point of your life. The Bible said this man built his house on the sand and the rains came and it fell and great was the fall of it. But then it talks about a man who built his house and he built it on the rock. The whole purpose of that whole entire passage wasn't about the man with failure, but it was to get to the point that there is a possibility building on something that is sure 
something that will never fail you. And when the winds came and the rains came and the storms came, that man's house stood the test of time. Money's not a solid foundation. Education is good, but education in of itself is not a solid foundation. High society, popularity, there's nothing wrong with those things, but it's not a solid foundation. You can't build a life on popularity because when the winds and waves come, all of those people who you thought were your friends will be gone. Your life is not just another box of Legos. Your life is important. There's an eternal soul. Your life will be weighed in the balances. The decision you make here and now will affect the outcome of your eternal destiny. That's why I appeal to you this morning and I reach to you today until you build your life on the Word of God. Center your life around the church. Make friends. Build relationships. Grow your family with the people of God. People that have like-minded thoughts. When you stand by the bedside of a deceased, Sister Nancy, I'm so thankful my wife and I could just be there yesterday. I've been there in my own family. There's nothing like it, having somebody like Precious Faith to hold your hand. And say, I love you, I care. I'm standing with you. The church is important. Build your life on the truth. If you've been building your life on things that are unstable, on things that really are not going to stand the test of time, I'm going to open these altars here in about two minutes and give you an opportunity just to walk to the front of this room just as a sign here this morning that I'm, I'm making a willful change in my heart and mind. We have altar workers that would love to come and pray with you this morning. If you're in the room today and you've never truly given your life to the Lord, or maybe you have but you've walked away and you've lost focus and the focus of life has just been on the peripherals. I admonish you this morning, make your way back to the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. I'm asking you to stand with me all over the room today. And as they begin to sing softly in the background, I open these offers, these altars and invite you this morning.
If I've spoken to you today, why don't you just step from where you are? Why don't you make your way to the front of this room today and just say, I'm coming today because I want to be anchored to the rock Christ Jesus. Yeah.